We're five games into the season, so let's take a look at the lineups Willie Green is using around Brandon Ingram. It's changed over the first five games of the year. Plus, we're going to talk about the Pelicans' defensive improvement and why it's likely to continue to go up. Plus, we'll get you set for the weekend with games tonight against the Sacramento Kings and then tomorrow against the New York Knicks. It's the Friday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday final show of the week. And it's going to be jam-packed with some stuff. I want to take a look at the rotations around Brandon Ingram, the way Willie Green has been using him. Some good, some bad. The numbers really tell a story. And then when you start to look at the rotations, it's really starting to tell a story. And some of these lineups we'll probably see in the games coming up this weekend. I want to look at the defensive improvement. The Pelicans really only rank 20th in defense, so in the bottom third. But I actually think they're significantly better than what that number states, and I'll explain why. And then we'll get you set for the games against the Sacramento Kings and the Chicago Bulls. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We are free and available five days a week for you all here. No one else coming to you like that, no paywall or anything. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. This episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, let's dive into the rotations around Brandon Ingram and the way Willie Green has kind of been using him. Because when you look at the starting lineup for the Pelicans, now that Herb Jones is in there, it's pretty good. They have a positive net rating. They're carrying the team. That's not where New Orleans is really losing a lot of these games. And Brandon Ingram right now kind of being the focal point and the star player, you kind of build this all around him. But Willie Green's changed some things because when you look at the starters, Brandon Ingram has a negative net rating, so offensive rating minus defensive rating. When he's on the court, the Pelicans have been negative 11.7. That's a bad number. When he's off the court, it's actually the exact opposite of that positive 11.7. So in theory, what we're seeing here is Brandon Ingram, the team's better with him on the bench. True and not so true, right? It's five games in, so these numbers can swing wildly from one game to another. But what this does is kind of lead us into the direction of why is this happening? And so I dove into the rotations. I went back and watched a couple of the game film on things too. And when you look at the rotations that Willie Green is using with this team, the first three games he was having Brandon Ingram kind of anchored the second unit. The end of the first quarter, four of the other starters would be out and you would have Brandon Ingram in there kind of carrying the team just by himself. In that first game, it was Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, Garrett Temple, Jackson Hayes, and Tomas Sadoransky. That didn't get it done, right? You also saw that lineup at the end of the third and start of the fourth quarter, and they were losing those minutes pretty significantly. Same thing for game two. Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, um, Garrett Temple, Jackson Hayes, Tomas Sadoransky. Not good. 
They were losing those minutes. And then in the third, fourth, and fifth games, you saw a little bit of a change. Brandon Ingram was still kind of that last starter in there at the end of the first start of the second quarter, but he was playing with another one of the starters. In that uh, game, in the first game against the Minnesota Timberwolves that they lost, it was Brandon Ingram alongside Nikhil, then with Trey Murphy in there, Kyra Lewis Jr. and Jackson Hayes. And guess what? New Orleans won those minutes. In the game after that, you saw a little bit more of a change with it all. It was Brandon Ingram, Devontae Graham, Trey Murphy, Garrett Temple, and Kyra Lewis Jr., and then Tom- and then Jackson Hayes came in a little bit later. They won those minutes. They won those minutes to start the second quarter, too. They won those minutes to, start, uh, to end the third. And then in the final game we have here of the fifth, their loss the other night in um, the Smoothie King Center, it was Brandon Ingram starting the second quarter coming in alongside Nikhil. And Anchoring him with another starter rather than just Brandon Ingram and four guys on the bench has kind of completely changed the way that that bench unit is working and some of the rotations they're putting around Brandon Ingram. They've started winning those minutes. So while he had a bad net rating, it's really because of those first two, two and a half, three games where he was just him and four bench guys and those bench guys were not getting it done. And credit to Willie Green for recognizing this, right? And realizing that, hey, I'm not putting Brandon Ingram in a position to succeed and our team in a position to succeed in adjusting his rotations. His rotations haven't like very uh, dramatically differently at times throughout these first five games, but he's kind of tinkering with them enough and refining them enough till I think he'll find something that really does work. And I think the Pelicans are starting to get there. They're winning these Brandon Ingram plus one other starter and three bench guy minutes now. They were not doing that before. And that's why you've seen this team look more competitive. You're putting better lineups out there that are a little bit more balanced, and I think that's a big thing. I said they were going to be treating this season, the opening start of the year, as preseason, right? They kind of treated preseason as training camp, so they're a little bit behind the eight ball compared to a lot of other teams, but you're starting to see some of the progress that they're making, and that progress is also on the defensive side of the ball too, which we're going to get into coming up here in just a second, but I like that Willie Green is already adjusting, realizing what isn't working, but also then what is working, and trying to kind of maximize his team as well as possible. They're winning those end of first quarter battles, start of third quarter battles. They're winning the start of the fourth quarter, the end of the third, those type of things. And that's something they really need to be doing when they have some of these lineups built around Brandon Ingram. So it's good to see Willie Green adjust. You know, as a rookie head coach, he's made some mistakes. That final shot attempt for Brandon Ingram the other night definitely wasn't good. But I like what he's done so far. And look, he's adjusting. He's willing to make changes. Stan Van Gundy wasn't going to do that, right? And he's got this team trying hard on defense. And let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to connect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they're going to have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. It'd be coffee for me. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge. And it's a place you always look forward to stopping out on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. Look, sometimes it's late at night, coming home from a game, only thing open is McDonald's. Feels kind of good to go through 
there every single time, whether you're grabbing nuggets or quarter pounder with cheese, whatever it might be. It's nice to know that they're always there for you. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. And look, they got TVs on, so they may have the Pels game as well. So McDonald's, I'm loving it. All right, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen every single day. We are free and available five days a week. No one else is coming to you like that, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Seriously, you heard anyone do a deep dive on rotations around a specific player yet? I promise you, you haven't. So please subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube and make us your first listen every single day. So we just went over the stuff with Brandon Ingram and the rotations around him and how Willie Green is kind of growing and finding what's working. And one of the things that's working is pairing Brandon Ingram with one other starter and then three bench guys. What also seems to be working a little bit is... Willie Green has this team playing hard on defense, right? Like, they're trying. You see just a dramatic difference. We don't even need to get into the stats just yet that I have here, right? You see with your eyes. They look like a different team. They're caring. They're trying. They were not doing that. Understand Van Gundy at all. They just freaking hated that dude, right? But they seem to really want to play for Willie Green, or at least they don't hate him, which in and of itself is a bit of a significant improvement. And so when you look at their defensive rating, it's not impressive, right? If I'm, I'm going to go by cleaningtheglass.com on this because they filter out garbage time, which doesn't tell you any story. They peg the Pelicans as the 20th best defense. So they're the beginning of the bottom third of the league, right? They're a bottom 10 defense. But I don't think that's telling the whole story because there's a couple of areas where they are struggling and that kind of gives away what's going on with this team. I actually think they're a significantly better defense than what we've seen from them so far. This Pelicans team has turned the ball over a good bit. They're second worst in the league when it comes to turning the ball over on their possessions. 18.8% of the time they turn the ball over. Again, this is excluding garbage time here. It's bad. That leads to easy fast break opportunities and second chance opportunities for their opponents. Those 30 turnovers they had against Minnesota the in that first game led to like a slew of fast break points for them. And it wasn't good. And when you start to look at their defense, it really struggles in transition defense. They have the 22nd worst defense in transition. That's not a good number whatsoever. And teams are running against them 20.3% of the time. So about one in five plays are fast break opportunities, transition opportunities. It's not good. Part of it is they teams can run against them in, in a variety of different ways. Off of turnover steals, they, they do it a ton. And the Pelicans are okay somewhat at defending that, but not great. Off live rebounds, so the team taking a shot and guys not getting back and teams just grabbing that defensive board and going, that's where they're pretty bad too. And they struggle in both of those areas. And it's transition defense, which is holding that defensive ranking back because when you look at them in the half court, they're good. They're like actually good when teams aren't running against them, when the defense is back and set. They're the 10th best defense in transition. Even with those defensive rebounding issues that we've seen from them, right? And they're not a good defensive rebounding team so far this year. Teams are getting second-chance opportunities, but they're not scoring them horribly effectively. The Pelicans are the 25th-ranked defensive rebounding team. So teams are getting those offensive boards and getting those second-chance opportunities, but New Orleans is doing a good job defending. Brandon Ingram 
looks dialed in on that side. He's not an elite defender there, but he, he's kind of good right now, right? Guys are rotating over. They know where they're supposed to be. They're not, as you know, Eric Bledsoe once said, not paying attention. They're trying on that side of the ball. They've kind of bought in there, and it's working. They're also using a variety of different coverages. You've seen them play drop coverage with a big drops back and pick and roll situations. You've seen them play up on the guard to try and kind of double him when he's coming off of a screen and force the ball out of his hand. They're playing a variety of different ways. We've even played, seen him play zone a little bit, and it's working. Their half-court defense is 10th best. So this is why I think it's only going to improve going forward here, because if they cut down on the turnovers, and again, they're turning the ball over almost like one out of every five plays, a little bit less than that, and it's turning into transition opportunities for their opponent, well, if you cut down on the turnovers, they had 10 the other night in the loss to the Atlanta Hawks. So it seems like maybe they're trending in the right direction with that. Teams aren't going to be able to run as much. It's going to limit those transition opportunities for opponents off steals where they're scoring at a pretty high rate. Now, it doesn't help you with the live rebound ones, but it definitely helps with the steals one where teams are are really kind of getting out there and making it happen. Almost 75% of Pelican steals, like when they turn the ball over in a steal situation, is turning into a fast break opportunity for their opponents. It's pretty bad. Now, it's not great either when it comes to defensive rebounds. When a team grabs a defensive rebound against New Orleans, they're getting into transition opportunities 35% of the time. So teams are really running against New Orleans in the fast break. But their offensive rebounding really does kind of help with that. And teams aren't going after a make against them nearly as much. So you're seeing them start to improve in that area. If they can just cut down on the freaking turnovers... They're going to be a pretty good defensive team. It's not just that, right? And they've got to learn how to defend and transition a little bit better. But if you can cut those turnovers down to kind of like an acceptable number, and maybe they can. They've been pretty bad when it comes to turnovers the past four years, three years. But if they can get it to 13%, 14%, something in that range, right, where they're kind of in the middle of the league, They're going to be a significantly better defensive team, and that number of their defensive rating is going to skyrocket from 20, and I think they're better than what that number represents. Credit to Willie Green on that. Credit to these guys really trying on that side of the ball right now. Credit to Herb Jones and everything he's done there too, right? He deserves a lot of credit on that. Brandon Ingram deserves a lot of credit on that. I don't know. I think there's, like, when you really, if you squint right now, right, despite them being one and four, you can see a, a pretty good team here. You know, cut down on the turnovers. The defense is going to get even better than it's already been. And the offense is going to improve. And they're going to become more efficient. And that's only going to get better when Zion Williamson comes back as is. And the update we have on Zion Williamson is he's starting to do way more on-court work. He hasn't done burst activities just yet, but he's starting to run. It's been running, but he'll start putting a little bit more weight on that first uh, foot, sorry, do a little bit more explosive stuff and start getting in some more intense workouts. And by the way, he started doing that yesterday and started ramping that all up. So I think you're in store for this team really starting to take off once he comes back and a lot of these issues kind of fix themselves because I think the team's kind of been good and you should feel 
despite their record. And I said, yesterday's loss was a waste, right? Like you had the opportunity to get it. It doesn't mean we're not optimistic about the future and don't think that they're going to win these games in the future. And I think we're going to see that this team, if they stay healthy, is going to start to really peak, I think, by the end of the year and could be a very good team because a lot of the numbers that we're starting to dive into now is the sample size getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. Really tell a, an optimistic story, I think, about the New Orleans Pelicans. All right, coming up, let's get you set for the weekend game tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Game on Saturday against the New York Knicks. Um, we'll break it all down coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Do you know that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there? I eat one of these things pretty much every single day. I have them in my backpack when I just need something at work. When I'm on the road, on planes, and don't want to eat just crappy airport food. I eat one of these instead. They're healthy for you, and you know what? They taste good. It's enjoyable to sit down and eat one of these things for a minute or two. I love the mint brownie, the double chocolate, the salted caramel, but I've tried them all, and I don't think there's one flavor that I'm like, oh, hell no, I don't want that at all. I love these things, and I get them. I buy them with my own money, and when they have the special limited time flavors come out, I'm always looking at Built.com to see what they are, and I'm grabbing them if it looks interesting and if I haven't tried it yet. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you're going to get two of each of the nine different flavors. And not only are they the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, only 4 to 5 grams net carbs, all amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. Today's episode of Bet On uh, of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. New website interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus. It's free money right there. You put in $500, you're getting $250 back. You're not going to get that type of return even on like one bet necessarily. So you're doing a pretty good job already. So whether it's basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. No one's breaking this team down like we are here, at least not on a five-day-a-week schedule. So if you need a Pelicans fix, no better place. Tell your friends about the show as well, and please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. That helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. Like I said, no one else is doing this. Um, so thank you for tuning in and making me part of your day. It really does mean a lot. It's great that there's such a great community around the New Orleans Pelicans. All right, two games this weekend, a back-to-back set in the Smoothie King Center for New Orleans, wrapping up their first little homestand so far this year. I'm kind of excited for both of these games, to be perfectly honest. Um, the Pelicans, sorry, they also play on... Um, what's, what's the other game here? I've got the schedule up and I'm looking at all of my different tabs open, which is driving me a little bit insane. Um, no, they've got this three game home stretch here and then they're going to be on the road. So the Sacramento Kings tonight, this is not the Kings of old and in the same way, kind of the Kings of old a little bit. They, um, are a bad defensive team. They've been bad for a couple of years now. Last year, they were one of the worst defenses in the league, but they're pretty good offensively right now. 
They've got guys that are kind of clicking. In the last game, a win over the Phoenix Suns. They're 2-2 two and two on the season. Buddy Heald went off from the bench. 26 points from him. Darren Fox is one of the faster players in the league. And Harrison Barnes can still go out and get buckets. And now you add in Davian Mitchell, who's been a terror defensively, right? Like he really impressed in summer league in preseason for the Sacramento Kings team and looked like the right selection where they drafted him when at first, I think everyone kind of was like, eh, I don't, I don't know about that. He looks like he's going to be like kind of the next Drew Holiday in terms of defending guards. And at that position, he's been that good. They bring him off the bench kind of as a defensive stopper right now as they kind of ease him into everything. That's a guy that you can't let, you know, those bench minutes win the game. This is where putting Brandon Ingram with one other starter and three bench guys and matching up and making life harder on that bench unit, which has been a big strength for the Sacramento Kings so far this year, uh, make their life a little bit harder and don't let them win those minutes when the starters aren't out there. They do that, I think New Orleans has a chance. But look, the Pelicans are underdogs in this game. Bet Online has them as two-point underdogs. They're plus two. It's the Sacramento Kings minus two in this one. Home dog against a team that's just two and two that's also the Sacramento Kings. It's a little bit of disrespect there, I think, to some degree. I think the New Orleans defense can slow down this Sacramento Kings offense. Just don't turn the ball over, and you're going to be able to, I think, you know, limit some of their transition opportunities. And look, they don't force turnovers. They, they're 28th in the league when it comes to forcing turnovers. So if New Orleans just doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, how many times have I said that before is like a key to a game kind of situation? Like, don't do these unforced errors. They don't do that. They have a chance to win this game. But I don't think this is going to be the easiest out in the world as it's definitely not the Sacramento Kings of old. Then on Saturday, they take on the New York Knicks. This is a good team. This is actually a really good team. They're 4-1. They just beat the undefeated Chicago Bulls last night. They're kind of like must-watch TV. I've, I've watched a couple of their games so far this year, and they're just, like, I don't know what to say. They're kind of damn impressive. Like, I don't know how this is a Tom Thibodeau team, but they try hard on defense, and their offense can explode on you. They have dudes that can shoot. They're number one in three-point attempts. They're number seven in three-point percentage mix. They've got Julius Randle, who's pretty freaking good right now. And just the way he's kind of changed the trajectory of his career is incredible. I don't know. I would assume it's going to be Herb Jones on him to start the game, though that might be a little bit much for Herb Jones. But I'm going to be kind of curious to see how they defend him and what Herb Jones and his role is going to be in this one. But they got a lot of guys that can shoot and a lot of guys that are letting it fly right now. Kind of the one guy you want to force to take shots in this one is going to be R.J. Barrett. If you let him kind of be the focal point, he's been inefficient this year. I think New Orleans can have a pretty good chance to try and win this one. Um, at home, but this is, this is a tough game because this Knicks team is good. All of a sudden, they're going to put up like 20 points in the span of like three minutes and they just blitzed you and you don't know what happened against that team. But that's kind of what they do. They have guys that can just kind of explode for points. Evan Fournier is one of their big free agent additions who's capable of doing it. Kemba Walker has started to find his way after a rough first two games for the New York Knicks. He's been a great addition to them. His shooting's good. They've got Derrick Rose coming off the bench who can still score and lead an offense in limited minutes. I'm really excited for this because like, I think the Knicks are really fun to watch. And I'm going to be looking forward to being in attendance at this one um, and just kind of seeing them do their 
their thing. But New Orleans is definitely going to be an underdog in this one, too. Probably four points would be my guess. Um, but the line won't come out until after the game uh, tonight with the Sacramento Kings. But this one's going to be tough. They can split these, go one and one. I'm going to feel pretty good. But look, it's kind of about the process for New Orleans right now, not the record. And so if they look good in a loss to the Knicks, I'm not going to feel as bad. I think this team is somewhat close. They're putting things together. Just keep defending well. Try and let R.J. Barrett kind of be the man and try and beat you because he's not shooting well this season. For the Pelicans, you've got um, Josh Hart, who is questionable. Hopefully they can get him in. That might alleviate some of the defensive rebounding issues that they've faced as well. But it should be a fun two games over the weekend here in a back-to-back set for New Orleans in the Smoothie King Center. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans, this week of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Leave a five-star review with a comment and tell a friend about the show get them clued in because i do think this pelicans team could be pretty good this season so as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with you all on monday to recap the two games